Welcome to Exhibition, an Xbox podcast, episode number 33. My name is Samuel Adams, and we are kicking off 2022 in a massive way here on the show with some impressive Game Pass editions ranging from Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is one that we've been looking forward to for a while, to Spelunky 2, and so many more in between. We're going to be digging into the entire roster coming soon. On top of that, could Ubisoft Plus eventually be baked into the service? We'll talk more about that today. I'll give my impressions of The Gunk, which is the first game that I wrapped up in 2022, and talk about what I've been playing. And we also have some Samsung TV announcements to discuss why Xbox isn't included on this new streaming setup so far. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. Xbox came out swinging in 2022 with some huge Game Pass editions on January the 4th, which is basically the first day that everybody gets back to the office. So they are choosing violence here when it comes to console wars, I'm telling you, because this is the subscription service that you need to have. And with PlayStation Now really ramping things up and rumors of a new subscription service baking PlayStation Now into other features and benefits, uh, they've got to be more competitive than ever. And they certainly are competitive here with Mass Effect Legendary Edition joining the fold. Now, of course, this is a part of EA Play, which is baked into Game Pass, but on console and PC, you can play a very improved version of Mass Effect 1 with enhanced gameplay and modernizations, uh, along with 2 and 3, all included in that subscription. That's perfect for someone like me who has not had the chance to dive in and play through the trilogy. Uh, and I think that's a really awesome value proposition going into the new year that kind of sets the expectation for what Game Pass is trying to accomplish in 2022. This is a huge third-party partnership, and we'll talk more about those kind of situations here in a moment. If you've been keeping up with the Xbox news, you probably know what I'm talking about. But on top of Mass Effect Legendary Edition, we also see the additions of Spelunky 2 on console and PC alongside the Anacrusis, and The Pedestrian comes to cloud console and PC. Very cool little trio there. The Pedestrian in particular is a super cool idea of you playing as the crosswalk sign guy. You know those little black and white people that sit on the crosswalk signs? Yeah, so you're one of those people, and you pretty much go from sign to sign in a platformer kind of situation, navigating an entire city. Awesome idea, and it's one that I have been meaning to pick up. I had kind of forgotten about it, uh, but now that it's on the service, I'm absolutely going to be diving in. On top of that, Outer Wilds is also returning for a second time to Game Pass, this time on Cloud, along with Elijah, Goragoa, and Ember, which is a pretty cool firefighting, uh, overcooked kind of game. Very good couch co-op experience there. Huge variety here, and these are going to be coming out through the month of January. I know the Mass Effect Legendary Edition is out now on the service alongside the Pedestrian, uh, but if you want to see the entire date rundown, you can head over to the Xbox Wire. Super cool lineup here. I personally am looking forward to the Anacrusis because it's kind of a Call of Duty Zombies style situation, an Aliens Fire Team situation, uh, where you are fighting against this giant horde of aliens in this really cool looking spaceship. Uh, pretty big fan of that one. And from what I've heard, it seems like it runs and plays very well, even though it is in a game preview uh, setting. 
Additionally, you have Game Pass perks that are coming and a few games that are leaving here, including notably Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Mountain Blade Warband is also leaving. Desperados 3 is heading out. But again, that's the cost of a subscription service. Some things come, some things go. And who knows? You could have a situation much like Outer Wilds where they come back one day. Uh, and we'll talk more about Bioware and Mass Effect in a moment. But I think that getting the Legendary Edition into the hands of as many players as possible is very important leading up to this new Mass Mass Effect experience because it seems like they're kind of getting back to the roots and I'm curious as to where they go with the story here uh, but to get those narrative beats of Commander Shepard out there in the world for people to enjoy and to get more people into the Legendary Edition grows the brand ahead of this new launch and unfortunately Mass Effect Andromeda did not get uh, the fanfare that Bioware thought that it would, uh, and really it just wasn't the game that people really deserved. It wasn't the game that the franchise deserved. And so to bring it back in and say, hey, Legendary Edition, Commander Shepard, remastered, ready to rock, uh, and to kind of get back to those core elements is super important going forward. Uh, so I think that's going to be a great marketing tool for them going into the Summer Game Fest season, where you could see some Mass Effect announcements. I would not hold my breath on that, but you could see some Mass Effect game announcements and more people are going to be up to date, including myself on what's going on and kind of have more of a positive feeling for Mass Effect uh, with this addition to the service and the generally positive reception of Mass Effect Legendary Edition overall. But again, I don't want this huge addition to overshadow games like Spelunky 2 and The Pedestrian and Outer Wilds and The Anacrusis, uh, because those are games that absolutely deserve your attention. I know Outer Wilds in particular has won a bevy of awards in the past. Uh, but later in the day, the Game Pass news kept on coming because Rainbow Six Extraction is coming to Game Pass on day one. This news comes from Ubisoft's blog from Daniel O'Connor, who writes, Ubisoft announced that its Ubisoft Plus subscription service will be coming to Xbox in the future, but on top of that, Rainbow Six Extraction will be a day one edition for Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass members, allowing them to play on Xbox consoles and PC right from the game's launch on January 20th. Rainbow Six Siege, already available as part of Xbox Game Pass, will be available to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and PC Game Pass members the same day, giving PC players the chance to squad up for even more Rainbow Six action with their friends. Uh, if you aren't familiar with Rainbow Six Extraction, this is kind of, in my opinion, uh, a blown-up standalone DLC of Rainbow Six Siege. It's almost like they had a limited-time Aliens mode that they expanded into an entire game. And the early previews for this that have come out so far are pretty much saying something in line with that where it doesn't feel like there's too much variation here from what we've expected from Rainbow Six, uh, but there's enough here to have a good time and to bring it into the service and to expand it beyond Rainbow Six Siege. It's kind of in that weird intermediary kind of stage. But this is super important for this game because the more people playing it, the easier it is to grow this game. Again, Game Pass is a marketing tool. And so to be able to get this game out there into the hands of players, uh, and for even jaded Rainbow Six Siege players like myself, I used to play a ton of Siege back in the day and kind of fell off of it. Uh, I'm familiar with the characters, I'm familiar with the gunplay, Sounds like a pretty good time. I'm curious how the stealth approach kind of works with Rainbow Six Extraction and the aliens uh, kind of approach here. It's not necessarily as hectic as a Call of Duty Nazi Zombies, but it is going to be a little bit more um, high octane as compared to a breach and clear situation you might see in Rainbow Six Siege. 
Uh, but baked into this announcement was also the addition of Ubisoft Plus coming to Game Pass, or excuse me, coming to Xbox at some point in the future, but not coming to Game Pass. Again, I want to repeat, Ubisoft Plus is not coming to Game Pass. I saw a lot of people talking about that, uh, and it could be a little bit misleading because of the way this was kind of portrayed. But uh, it is worth noting that EA Play came to Xbox a few years before it was baked into Game Pass, and Rainbow Six Extraction could very well be Ubisoft testing the waters to see how the game is received and played uh, to kind of test player counts on Game Pass versus having it just exclusively on Ubisoft Plus. Uh, and they kind of have to get out there and do that A-B testing to see if it is going to be a game changer for the amount of engagement they get with their games, the amount of cosmetics potentially that are sold, uh, the amount of discussion on social media that comes from being included in Game Pass, that free promotional material. I mean, Rainbow Six Extraction busted up through uh, the social media conversation on January 4th or 5th when this was actually announced. Uh, but first and foremost, Rainbow Six Extraction, awesome addition to the service. Any kind of four-player co-op game is much much, much more approachable if it is included with a subscription because anybody with a Game Pass Ultimate subscription can dive in and give it a shot. I've got a friend right now that I'll probably dive in and play that with on day one now that I wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, now, on top of that, Ubisoft Plus coming to the service is a great option for players because now they have another subscription that gives them access to every Ubisoft game. From Assassin's Creed to Watch Dogs to anything that might be coming out, you now have access to that, and that's a big benefit here for a low monthly cost. My question that I kind of posed on social media is... If Ubisoft Plus eventually comes to Game Pass, what is the cost of that service going to be? Uh, and I think that's a valid question because Phil Spencer has said $15 a month for Xbox Game Pass currently is profitable. But when you have Ubisoft Plus and EA Play and Xbox first party games all included in this subscription, 15 bucks a month for me, in my mind, seems low, and that's not even talking about these smaller indies and other third-party AA kind of titles that do make their way to the service. I would be willing to pay $20, but a lot of people might not. I think that once you get past that $20 a month range, you really begin to test the boundaries of what people are willing to pay for. $15 feels like a sweet spot for me. That's a very affordable, approachable kind of price. We're talking about a really awesome trip to Taco Bell. That's how I always describe it. Uh, one time per month. That's the cost of Game Pass. Now, whenever you have to split the pie with some big name players like Ubisoft and EA... Uh, that begins to get a smaller cut for everybody, including Microsoft. So how much of a hit are they willing to take? And on top of that, uh, what is the financial situation on the back end behind these deals? Who's paying who? How much is being paid? Uh, again, these are details that I don't know, but if we are talking about Ubisoft Plus coming to Game Pass, that's a part of the conversation that we really should be having. The Game Pass news just kept coming this week because Nobody Saves the World, a top-down action RPG by the creators of Guacamelee, is launching on Xbox Game Pass on January the 18th. Another big edition. So this week, again, I want to reiterate, we got Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Spelunky 2, The Pedestrian, The Anacrusis, Outer Wilds, Rainbow Six Extraction, and Nobody Saves the World. On top of other notable mentions here, all coming to Game Pass in the month of January. $15 a month? You gotta be kidding me. Like, that 
is the kind of win that keeps this subscription service growing. That is how you compete. This is next generation. It's the experience that's being had. The hardware is great. The infrastructure is solid. But it's this subscription service that's changing the game for Xbox. That's what I keep telling you guys, and I'll keep telling you time and time again. But this is a very cool looking game. Again, if you haven't played Guacamelee, very cool indie uh, from the team at Drinkbox. I think I played it over on PlayStation a couple of years ago. Uh, but here on Xbox with Nobody Saves the World, very cool addition to Game Pass. And it's one that I'll absolutely be diving into. Uh, and it's got a lot of replayability too. Very randomly generated kind of approach here. Uh, but you effectively play as nobody and you go save the world. That's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, but some pretty cool storytelling here. Awesome art style that very much so looks like Drinkbox. And it looks, I would say, uh, like a very much improved drink box, too. A little bit different than guacamole, but something that I think is very neat. Uh, and again, you've got a branching skill tree, lots of stuff like that. Uh, and you collect abilities, etc., etc. Definitely an awesome addition to the service and one that I will be diving into. Uh, not sure if I'll get to it on day one, but cool to see it land there nonetheless. Now let's jump back to Mass Effect, but more specifically, let's talk about Bioware, because we have two major projects in the works right now in Mass Effect, which of course the big statement is, Mass Effect will continue, we don't have much direction beyond that, uh, but a new Dragon Age is also in development, so two very big names coming out of this group, but unfortunately the goodwill that they normally would have had coming off of a Mass Effect 2, for instance, or a Dragon Age Origins just isn't really there. Dragon Age Inquisition was kind of a mixed reception. It's positive, but it wasn't the series peak. Mass Effect 3 had its controversial ending, and then Mass Effect Andromeda completely tanked and took the franchise off the rails and kind of brought us to where we are today. And then, of course, we can't talk about Bioware without talking about Anthem, which, of course, has been completely shut down. There's nothing going on with that development. The game exists as it exists today, and it will never be anything more than that as of right now. But it seems like that's changing with this new generation because Bioware is, quote, laser focused on building back the trust of our fans and our community, end quote. This comes from Eurogamer's Vicky Blake, who is talking about a blog post from the studio's GM. Quote, Gary McKay has written candidly about his first year as general manager at Bioware, describing how the studio continues to adapt during the coronavirus pandemic and how it intends to rebuild its reputation following the cancellation of its live service shooter anthem. Quote, this has been another challenging year with both work and home life continuing to be disrupted by the uncertainty of the global pandemic, McKay wrote in a blog on the official Bioware website. We've had to continue to think on our feet to adapt to changing circumstances. When I took on the GM role, I talked about rebuilding our reputation, and that remains a huge priority. We are laser-focused on building back the trust of our fans and community, and we plan to do that by delivering the types of games that we are best known for and ensuring they are of the highest quality. Our mission is to create worlds of adventure, conflict, and companionship that inspire you to become the hero of your story. We want to launch, or excuse me, we want the launch of our games to be seminal moments in the industry, end quote. He also reflected positively on the critical and fan reception to Mass Effect Legendary Edition and said, quote, We've come together as a studio to help each other out, even in our personal lives. We show up for each other and pull together as a team. We want each game to earn the kind of reaction we've seen with Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We feel that we have the right people, the right creative focus, and the support from EA to deliver on that promise. 
And of course, later on he says, We remain hard at work on the next iterations of Dragon Age and Mass Effect. I'm seeing some incredible work from both teams. If you're curious about Mass Effect, I'd encourage you to take a look at the poster we released on N7 Day. If you look closely, there are a handful of hidden treats. By my count, there are at least five surprises, all of which point to an amazing future in the Mass Effect universe." End quote. Now, as far as Dragon Age goes, he also goes on to have a bit of a statement here. Quote, We have a veteran group of talented developers working on the next iteration of the franchise. We are focused on a single-player experience that is built on choices that matter. End quote. This is really reassuring, but ultimately, as with anything in life, it is the action that people need to see. I want to see these statements brought into reality because I can say that I'm doing anything and do nothing at all. When it comes to creating these games that people want to play, when it comes to getting back to the studio roots of incredibly strong single-player narrative-driven content for these explosive open universes, that's the kind of stuff we want to see, but I've got to see it happen because what has happened over the course of the past few years with Mass Effect Andromeda and Anthem does not instill confidence, and that's why a lot of people have eroded confidence in Mass Effect. Uh, and I was listening to another podcast discuss this, and the general feel of Bioware right now is that the Bioware of Mass Effect and Mass Effect 2 and Dragon Age Origins that's not the Bioware that we have today. People have come and gone. Of course, some people still remain, but those groups that made these games happen, they aren't the same groups that were there so long ago. Uh, you know, I look to Halo Infinite, and I think about how many people 343 had to bring back on the team and how many recruits Microsoft had to bring that had worked on previous games to come together and make what Halo Infinite is today. And by no means is it a perfect game, but it's better off than it would have been if Joseph Staden, for instance, had not joined the team. And so uh, when it comes to Bioware, it seems like they're in the right direction. And my biggest concern here is how much autonomy the studio now has as compared to uh, being under Electronic Arts and having to go by their guidance. Because Bioware, I have full faith, can do something incredible if they are given the freedom to do so. And I think that's something that so many uh, people under the Microsoft umbrella are afforded the opportunity to do. Where Microsoft funds these projects, I'm thinking about Tim Schafer uh, and the team over there behind the scenes at Double Fine where they have pretty much free reign to do whatever they want within reason uh, and to do it well, to play to their strengths, to experiment with the new games, whereas other people might be more forced to do something that might not necessarily fit with their company structure. It might not necessarily fit with their passions, and that shines through in the final product. And so it's key for Bioware to be able to say, hey, this is what we're doing, this is how we're doing it, and we're doing it because we have a love of doing this. Uh, and I think that's what's going to happen with Mass Effect and Dragon Age if EA stays out of it and if there is no uh, upper management getting in and meddling with what these developers and these passionate storyboard writers and these creators have to bring to the table. I think that's where you are going to see Bioware thrive. But I can't wait to follow along and keep you guys up to date along the way. Let's bounce to a new partnership that really caught my eye this week, and this is something that I love, but it's also something that I will never buy for myself. There is a new Xbox nail polish collection that unlocks Halo and Forza Horizon cosmetics. Jared Moore over at IGN has this story, and he writes, A new partnership between Xbox and nail polish brand OPI is set to launch that will allow you to unlock in-game skins for both Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5 that match your real-life cosmetics. Announced on the Xbox 
blog. The OPI Xbox collection includes 12 different nail polish hues and launches today at Ulta.com as well as in-store at Ulta while launching on February 1st globally at various retailers. Buying the polishes from select and as-yet-unannounced retailers will also give you access to color-matched cosmetic items for both Halo Infinite and Forza Horizon 5, which will seemingly allow players to change their armor and car paint job to match the color of their nails. As per Xbox, a complete list of the colors that will be available throughout the collaboration and their quirky names can be seen below. And in addition to in-game cosmetics, fans will also have the chance to win custom Xbox wireless controllers that are matched to the collaboration's top trending hues. In order to find out more, Xbox recommends following OPI on both Instagram and TikTok, where details on how to win will be announced. This is the coolest collaboration that I've seen this year, and I said something on Twitter that got a little bit of traction. If you're not following me on Twitter, you absolutely should be. I always talk about the gaming news and reply to big conversations, uh, but this is so much cooler for me than seeing another Rockstar or Monster Energy collaboration, another Doritos collaboration, a Pringles can with Samoa burgers. That's all well and good. That's fine. I like that. But what Xbox has done with marketing this time around has changed the game because not everybody is going to be eating Doritos and drinking Mountain Dew playing Halo. That's not necessarily going to be the core demographic. Now you have a ton of women that are playing video games, more so in the limelight than ever before. Gaming is more popular than it ever has been. And the marketing should reflect that to be able to tap in to this new population that is jumping in and playing Forza Horizon 5 and playing Halo Infinite. And I saw some people kind of scratching their heads at this collaboration and scratching their heads at this new collection, but it really makes perfect sense because you have tapped in to the Dorito-eating Mountain Dew drinking player, but now it's time to really turn your marketing and say, hey, we're not just a brand for those people, we're a brand for you. To be able to branch out and do so many things uh, outside of just those core staples of game marketing is a key to future success and to continue growing uh, this brand. I mean, even hypothetically, let's say that somebody is not tuned into the world of Xbox or video games whatsoever. They might head into Ulta, pick up some nail polish and say, hey, this is cool. I think my significant other has an Xbox. Let's dive on, see what this is all about. Boom, there you have it. Even on my personal level, if I wanted to buy somebody in my life some nail polish, my girlfriend some nail polish, whatever it might be, free cosmetic for me. Uh, it just branches outside of that traditional marketing in a fantastic way uh, that I would love to see more of. I think that Xbox is really branching out and breaking the mold of expectation here. So if you do want to pick up some nail polish or some nail polish for somebody that you enjoy, this new collaboration is certainly getting you some pretty cool in-game cosmetics. And again, we're talking about 12 combinations here uh, that you can enjoy with some pretty cool names like Susie is my avatar, Racing for Pinks, Pixel Dust, You Can't Control Me, CTRL, haha, Achievement Unlocked. Very cool stuff here. Uh, but yeah, just one that caught my eye and I wanted to share here on the podcast. Finally, to round out today's show, we have Samsung's 2022 TVs that will have built-in Stadia, GeForce Now, and NFTs. But what's strange here is that there is no talk of Xbox Game Pass. 
This is kind of baffling to me. Uh, so if you haven't been keeping up with the news, this week has been CES 2022, the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, so we've gotten tons of news about laptops and processors and uh, graphics cards and incredible uh, new advancements in the world of technology that are making things more available than ever before because of dropping prices. I mean, we're talking about a $300 uh, GTX, or excuse me, RTX 3050 that does ray tracing at 1080p, basically the Xbox Series S of PCs. Will it be $299? Who knows? Uh, but when it comes to televisions, Samsung really came out swinging with a pretty good-looking new UI uh, that has this gaming hub kind of built into it. And we've talked about this before, but Xbox is bringing the cloud gaming experience to more devices in 2022. Whether that be through a streaming stick or a dedicated television app or both is yet to be seen, but they are probably going to be introducing a new tier of Xbox Game Pass. I would imagine it to be $5 a month that gives you access to this Game Pass library where you can stream all of the cloud-based games on any device that you own. That makes a ton of sense to me and it's kind of what they've been trending towards over the course of the past few years. But what confuses me here is that this announcement that Samsung's TVs will include GeForce Now and Stadia at launch, Stadia and GeForce Now are great, but Samsung is a partner with Microsoft, and they've long been a partner with Microsoft. Uh, of course, in the gaming space, you have the cloud gaming being promoted through Samsung Galaxy smartphones, but on top of that... You also have uh, Samsung being used to promote uh, cross-compatibility with Android on Windows PCs. That was kind of a big part of their marketing. Uh, and so it's confusing to see this not be included at launch. They have said that other tools are going to be available in the future and that more apps will come, but it just doesn't really make sense why they wouldn't include this at launch unless there's something happening behind the scenes, whether it be on Microsoft's end or on Samsung's end, or if this contract for co-marketing is simply coming to an end. That is all just kind of up in the air, and Stadia or NVIDIA very well could have won the bid. But as with the majority of devices the majority of apps are going to be coming to these devices. Uh, I think about how on Xbox you have Twitch apps and YouTube apps and Netflix and Disney Plus and all these various uh, services that you can enjoy, but those are also on my smart TV. But then there are some exclusive apps to where Twitch is not available through the Roku store. I have to watch Twitch through the Xbox app. I can't see that on the Roku store, but I can see it on the Fire TV, but that doesn't have uh, AirPlay, for instance. There are some strange little nuances here that kind of hold back the overall availability and compatibility and ease of access for some of these situations. Uh, but Samsung's TVs are certainly looking pretty good. On top of that, uh, you're also seeing that the LG C1 televisions aren't necessarily the end-all be-all of gaming uh, monitors these days. Those were kind of the next generation 120 hertz 4K uh, godchildren, for lack of a better term. But now there are some more competitors coming into the playing field that certainly make them a little bit less of a uh, necessity and you have more options out there. But when it comes to cloud gaming, I'm looking forward to seeing what Xbox brings in 2022. Uh, just baffling that they aren't going to be continuing this partnership with Samsung, especially as this new line of TVs launches a gaming hub. In my mind, where Stadia is up there in the sponsored top left, that's exactly where Xbox should be. Just my two cents. 
That wraps up this week's episode of Exhibition, and Xbox podcast. As I said, very densely packed episode with a ton of Game Pass editions, some hardware news from CES, and even some Xbox nail polish. Pretty cool little episode to kick off the year, if I do say so myself. Uh, but if you enjoyed, of course, drop me a like if you're on YouTube. But let me know what you think about everything we discussed here today. Most specifically, tell me what you think about Bioware and where that company is heading in the future. Uh, but if you don't follow me on Twitter, hit me up over there. If you don't subscribe already to the podcast, add it to your feed. But have a fantastic week, and I'll talk to you soon. Keep on playing.